0: In the cycle of scripture readings that we follow in Sunday worship, the story of Jesus' baptism that we just heard is always read during these first days of the calendar year. And that may not seem especially relevant, but I've grown to really appreciate the timing of this for many reasons. First of all, since baptism is the rite of initiation, that comes at the beginning of our whole journey with God. It's always good to hear about it and remember it at any other new beginning that we make in life. Since I was a child, I've also been taught that baptism is about being called and set apart for mission in the world. Like Jesus, we are called to let God's light shine in and through us, in everything that we say, in everything that we do. And we're called to dedicate our lives to the pursuit of justice and peace in all of the earth. That too is a good thing to remember. Right now when we take time, many of us, to consider how we will live in the new year, what we will do with our gifts and our resources. And if we make any kind of resolutions, There's no better framework for that than our baptismal calling in Christ. But there is something else in this story of Jesus' baptism which rises to the level, for me, of greatest importance at the new year. And it is the clear statement from God about Jesus' identity. And I say this because I hear it it as a statement about your identity and my identity identity also as sons and daughters of God when the heavens were torn open God said you are my son the beloved in you I am well pleased as we begin a new year I can't think of anything more important to us than the promise that we too, every single one of us is God's beloved child As you well know, we get caught up sometimes in a lot of self-examination, maybe even healthy self-examination at the beginning of a new year. But also, it's something that results very often, maybe most often, in an image of ourselves that is less than adequate. We're always aware of what we need to do to improve as we go forward. And I think the marketers understand that better than any of us. Just count the number of advertisements you have seen or heard or read in the past few weeks for products that will help you meet your goals of being slimmer, stronger, better looking, more equipped, happier overall. And I'm not saying that all of that is vanity and that we shouldn't be committed to goals that really do... Impact our health and our well being in positive ways. But I am just aware of how much you and I let these things shape our understanding of who we are, our own self identity, how much we are worth to others as human beings. And the same is true when we start judging how successful we have been by the world standards or how our gifts and our abilities stack up against others. And then add to that the innumerable ways that others judge us, based on what we have done or what we have said, or simply based on our gender identity, our race, our age, our social economic standing, And I don't need to convince any of you that we are in need of something that rises above all of that. And thankfully, this gospel story that we hear at the beginning of every new year gives us exactly that. When God says to Jesus, you are my son, the beloved, we hear the promise that God extends to every single one of us in our baptism and in our daily life with Christ as sons and daughters of God. We may or may not live up to all of the expectations that we have for ourselves, the standards that we set, or certainly the expectations of others. But the one thing that will never change for any of us is that we are God's beloved, now and always. I thought about that this past week, and then I remembered a letter that a friend had sent to me and several others about his experience as a parent. And it was written at a time when his son had done everything possible to test the love of his mother and father, including breaking into their home while they were gone and destroying things in a very vengeful way. Near the beginning of his letter, my friend wrote, My child finds it extremely difficult to live within the relationship established by our promises to love him and sustain him within our family. For whatever reasons, he has found it extraordinarily hard to respond to our love. It is even possible that he will continue to fight against it, although we hope and pray that he won't. My friend went on to talk about the heartache that comes with the rejection that he was experiencing. And then he said, there is one thing that my child cannot do. He cannot make me stop loving him. In my frailty, he can come close. He can alter my feelings. He can precipitate regrettable actions born of my frustration and my anger. But in the end, He cannot make me stop loving him. And then he wrote the words that have caused me to keep this letter for over 30 years now. What truly gives me hope in this life, he wrote, is that if my son, in his rebellion or confusion, cannot make me stop loving him, as sinful and as imperfect as I am, that I am sure that whatever else I may do in my sin, whatever pain I may cause for myself or for others in turning away from God, there is one thing I can never do. I can never stop God from loving me because at my baptism, God promised to love me and to be my God. For me, that is... A profound testimony to the transformation that takes place within us when we remember deep down that we are God's beloved. From the day we are born until the day we die into God's eternal love. I respect my friend for naming his own frailty and imperfection as a human being, but most of all, I am grateful for the truth that you and I need to hear that he spoke so clearly in that letter, the truth of our belovedness, that we need to hear at the start of every new year, but also at the start of every new day in our life. And when we see ourselves in that light, when we see ourselves as God's beloved, then I think it is always the case that we are more likely to see other people also in this gracious light. That may not seem very radical when it comes to the people who are dear to us in our family or in our circles of friends, but when we look at the people with whom we have the greatest struggles in life and see them first and foremost as God's beloved children, it changes the whole way that we relate to them. We can still be angry, we can still be frustrated, as my friend says, but we can't exclude them from that beloved community that we belong to by the grace and the mercy of God. That notion of a beloved community was one that was, I think, one of the most powerful forces in Martin Luther King Jr.'s life and ministry. He first heard that phrase, beloved community, when he was a graduate student at Boston University in their school of theology in the early 1950s. And from then on, that vision is what permeated his thinking. And he spoke about it and preached about it and wrote about it on countless occasions, including one speech where he said, the end is reconciliation. The end is the creation of a beloved community. It is this type of spirit and this type of love that can transform opponents into friends, King continued. It is this type of understanding goodwill that will transform the deep gloom of the old age into the exuberant gladness of the new age. It is this love, King says, which will bring apart, bring about miracles in the hearts of people. At the King Center in Atlanta, they say, Dr. King's beloved community is a global vision in which all people can share in the wealth of the earth. In the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness will not be tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice will all be replaced by the all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. As the new year begins, I hold that close to my heart, and I give thanks for the enduring love of God for you and for me and for all people, which is still the most powerful force in all of creation. It can truly change how we see ourselves today, but it can also radically change how we live together as sisters and brothers in this new year. Thanks be to God. Amen.